Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. God is so good. His love is everlasting. His love is perfect. This morning, we're going to continue a series that we started last week called This Is Us. And this is a series really um, giving us, as people that are connected here to Faith for Life, uh, an outline of who we are. Here are our core values. So if you're watching or listening and and you're connected to Faith for Life, um, this is who we are. This is this is um, the core values of how we live our lives. And so last week we talked about faith is the filter of our lives. We filter everything that comes into our lives through the filter of faith. Um, and this week we're going we're gonna to go into our second core value. And, um, and our second core value is, is unity. It's unity. It's not spelled necessarily like this, um, but it's unity. And in unity... There's some things that we're going to talk about this morning of what that means and what that looks like. Uh, Essentially, we celebrate God's uh, uniqueness of how he's made you. But what it doesn't mean is uniformity. It doesn't mean that here at Faith for Life, who we are, we're a people who who uniformly uh, uh, look the same and and think the same and, and speak the same and always act the same. It doesn't mean that. Unity does not mean uniformity. You know, I'm reminded of a time or two uh, whenever, maybe this has happened to you, I I don't know. I can't really remember if it's happened to me. But um, have you ever gone into a place, maybe an event or uh, maybe a school or some place where you walk in and somebody else is wearing the same shirt that you're wearing or the same outfit that you're wearing? Somebody actually has on the same dress that you're wearing. (laughs) For the ladies, you know, that can be horrifying. That can be horrific. Um, That can not only be embarrassing, but there's all kind of negative emotions that come with showing up somewhere and somebody has on the same thing that you have on. Uh, I was talking to, to, to somebody recently. They said, if that happened to me, I would actually leave. I would go home. I would change clothes and then come back. Like that's how big of a deal it is. But I, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm hoping that when I get there, somebody's wearing this same outfit that I'm wearing. Most of the time, that, that uh, brings up negative feelings for us. And so many times when we talk about unity, we, we feel like it means uniformity. We feel like it means we all need to put on the same outfit and wear the same shirts and look the same. And that, that is not at all who we are at Faith for Life. We are people who celebrate the uniqueness of how God has made you. So today we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Here in chapter 12, the Apostle Paul is writing to the people of the church at Corinth. And in chapter 12, he's really talking a lot about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, today we're going to read some verses that seemingly go in the middle of him talking about gifts of the Spirit. So he begins the chapter talking about the gifts of the Spirit. um, And then kind of the end, he ends it talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to read this in the middle. So in context here... 
Paul is talking about uh, unity, not uniformity. He's talking about unity, um, even though there's differences specifically with how God may use these people. But these principles, and we'll read here, they apply in so many other areas, which is why here at Faith for Life, who we are, we are people who celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. I'm going to begin reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. It says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now, Paul here is talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the collection of believers. And it's not just about one person. Here, we're going to read in several verses here, but he's not just talking about one person or even one type of person. But here it's not one, but it's many that actually make up the body of Christ. It's many that, that, that come to join together as the body to be unified in one. The early church had an issue with this. The early church, they were trying to uh, conform everybody and make everybody uniform, not unified, but uniform. And there was real problems with this because... Um, the, the Jewish people wanted all of the Gentiles who had, who had recently given their lives to Christ to, to conform to the Jewish traditions. And in Acts chapter 15, they actually had to like come together and have this meeting and say, okay, well, what are we going to do about this? Because uh, the Gentiles, they don't even know all the laws and all the traditions. So how are we going to hold them to this standard when they don't know it? And actually, we don't even keep it. So why would we be holding them to it? And so they have this and they come to a very simple conclusion there in Acts 15 of of what it means to follow Jesus and the, the things that make us unified but not uniformed. Here, it's not one person nor one uh, group of people or one style, we could even say, that makes up the body of Christ, but it's many. The body of Christ is diverse. Right now, there are people in the body of Christ that are seated while they worship, and the song is very mellow and soft. There are other people right now that are worshiping God and their style of worship is loud and it's expressive and there's emotion and they're standing and they're lifting their hands or maybe they're running or there's some other people that are kneeling. There's all kinds of different expressions in how we worship. There's also all kinds of different expressions in how we live our lives in accordance to Jesus and following after him. And too many times as the church, what we have done is we've said, if you are not like our one, then you are not in the body of Christ or you are not in it the right way or you're not doing this the right way. But here it makes it very clear, the body of Christ is not made up of one, it's made up of many. In verse 15 it says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Just because it's said doesn't mean that it's true. So here, the foot is saying to the hand, which is a whole other conversation because that's amazing how the foot can talk. But just in this context, the foot is saying to the hand, like, just because I'm not you doesn't mean that I'm not any less part of the body. And, And again, many times what we do is we say, okay, I'm a hand. 
and, and I get passionate about being a hand because there's an anointing from God that rests on me to be a hand. And that's the thing that he's called me to do. That's the, the area that he's placed me in. That's the passion and the gifting and the knowledge. And I see things more clearly as a hand. And we get so passionate about being the hand that we begin to judge those who are feet. We begin to judge those who are not like us. And we begin to say, no, 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 you have to be passionate about the same thing I'm passionate about or you're not doing it right. That's not unity, that's uniformity. We also have a tendency in the body of Christ to talk down upon those who are feet and not hands or hands and not feet. We, we, we may not outright say it and some people do, but we may not outright say it, but we feel like they are less than because they're not as open. They're not as understanding. They're, they don't have the revelation. They don't, they don't really worship God. Like we begin all these judgments towards them by saying they are less than because they are not who we are. But just because someone says it, even if they say it within the body of Christ, does not make it true. The foot says, because I'm not a hand, do I not belong to the body? That would not make it any less part of the body? Like, no, of course, you need a foot and a hand. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. In the body of Christ, there's not one, but there's many. There's many of us. There's many styles. There's many expressions. And none is greater than the other. There's equality within the members of the body of Christ. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Here it is. This is telling us, each of us, we have functions. We have purposes within the body of Christ. And here at Faith for Life, who we are, we are a people who celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. And it's not just that you're different and that we would welcome you, because we would. We welcome everyone, especially if you're different. We welcome you. We love you. We, we, we would pray for you and empower you to follow Jesus. But it's even greater than the uniqueness. You may not dress like us, or you may not sing that way, or, or whatever the case may be. It's deeper than that. There's functions, there's purposes that each of us have to bring to the kingdom, to the body. And if we're missing the diversity of us and who we are, then we're missing out on purposes and functions that we should be experiencing and we should be using to operate. Here, and this is, this is you know, talking about eyes and ears here. And, and, and if, the eye, if the eye could not see, if there was no eye, if we were all just ears and we could hear and we could never see, man, that, that would limit us in what we're able to do if we, if we take this um, literally, as a body, someone who is blind is limited. They have limitations. There's certain things that they can't see, and because they can't see them, they can't experience the joy of them. And because they can't see, there, there are certain things that, that are more difficult for them to accomplish and more difficult for them to do. In the same way, if someone's deaf, they're not less than, but, but they are limited in certain things. They're not able to hear. And so they have to find different ways to work around not being able to hear. 
And in the body of Christ, what's happened is we have separated the eyes from the ears, the hands from the feet. We've separated and we've said, I'm an ear, how dare you be an eye? I'm a foot, how could you be a hand? And because of that, we have difficulties that God never designed for us to have. We are missing out on the beauties of this life in the, in the kingdom of God that we can't see because we're blind because we're just an ear and we won't allow an eye into our congregation, into our circles. But here at Faith for Life, that's not us. Us, we celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. We celebrate it. So we're not hiding from it. We're not, we're not shying away from it. We celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. Not only are there purposes and functions, but in verse 18 it says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So I'm not a hand because I chose to be a hand. I'm not passionate about this area. I don't have revelation in this area. I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I don't just see everything through that lens because I chose to. God chose to make us who we are. And if anybody's ever tried to make you feel less than, especially in the kingdom of God, that is not from God. And that is not who we are. And that's not who God wants his believers to be. God makes it clear, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, intimately created, that God has known us from before we were even in our mother's womb. And he loves us and he has a plan for each of us. There's a function and a purpose to your uniqueness. And it's not to be overshot or, 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 or overlooked. God is the one who puts us in the positions that we are to be in. God is the one who makes us ears or eyes or feet or hands. Not us. In verse 19 it says, if all were a single member... Where would the body be? You know, if we were all a foot, we actually wouldn't be a body. If we were all a hand, we wouldn't actually be a body. We need all of us to be a body. So when we talk about the church and the church is not a building, we are the church. We are the body of Christ. What we're doing is right now in this country, we are taking the hands and the hands are going over here and the feet they're going over here, and the eyes are going over here, and the ears are going over here, and we're separating, especially when we worship, and we're calling ourselves a body. When in actuality, we're just a group of hands. We're just a group of ears. To be a body, there has to be more than hands. To be a body, there has to be diversity. There has to be uniqueness amongst the people to make up the body. You may have more hands than, than ears, and that's okay. In the, in the full context of, of this verse, you may have uh, more people who have um, words of wisdom and, and words of knowledge um, than, than maybe working of miracles or prophecy, and, and that's okay. But do you have a body? Are you connected with a body? Or are you connected with a bunch of hands and a bunch of feet? That is who we are. We are a group of people who are connected as a body because we celebrate everyone's God-given 
uniqueness. We keep reading here, it says, the eye cannot say to the hand, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Man, think about this. Paul here is writing to these people in Corinth, and he's giving them this powerful, powerful, godly principle that if you think someone is less honorable, if you think someone is um, less presentable, if you think someone is less than in any way, because when we read about parts here, parts are people. I'm talking about parts of the body that seem to be weaker. That, that's people in the body of Christ, in the church, if you will. If you think they are weaker or less honorable or unpresentable, then you have an obligation to them. And it's not to say to them, you're not needed. You're not as valuable. You're a hand, not an not a eye. No, no, no. Your obligation to them is to bestow the greater honor to them. To give greater honor if you think someone is less deserving. If you think someone is less honorable. If you think someone is weaker. So if someone comes into our circle, our connections, and they are an unbeliever, or a brand new believer, we do not look at them and judge them and say that they are less than and say that they are not worthy and say that they are not needed. No, no, no. We look at them and we give them greater honor. I, I can tell you this. When I first got connected to uh, the church in Atlanta that's, that's also under our home church, and I'll never, ever forget this. You used to give an altar call and you'd, you'd walk down, uh, you'd walk down to the front of the, the stage and, and you'd give your life to Christ or you'd come back to them and they'd pray with you. But you, had, you actually walked down in front of everybody. I will never, ever forget because I was one of only maybe five white people in the whole church. Um, and, and there was probably 1,000, 1,500 people in the church. I will never, ever forget the feeling and the love that I experienced in that moment. And I know there were some people that looked at a white person coming to a predominantly black church with hesitancy, with maybe thinking, no telling what they were thinking. But there were some that probably thought I was less honorable or I was weaker, but collectively, that church 
those people, if they thought that, they gave me greater honor. There was a celebration that I saw, not just when I walked down that aisle, but when anyone walked down that aisle. Someone that was giving their lives to Christ, people that maybe weren't dressed for church, or people who didn't smell like they should be going to church. But whenever they came into that circle, into that connection, they were celebrated. That This is us. This is who we are. We celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. And so if there's anyone that we think is less honorable for whatever reason or less or weak, then we give them the greater honor so that there be no division in the body, even with all the different shapes, even with all the different sizes and purposes and function, there is no division because we're not uniformed. We're united. I love this throughout the scriptures. You know, we, we read about God's desire for unity and the power of unity. Let, let me read to you um, Psalms 133 really quickly, and then I'll come back here. In Psalms 133, it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, which is anointing, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, and running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. But here's the really powerful part. The end of this in, in stanza three, it says, for there, where is there? There is the place of unity, the place where brothers and sisters are connected together, dwelling, living in unity, in oneness. For there in that place, the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. <laughs> the blessing is commanded in the place of unity. We see that from Genesis to Revelation. God's blessing is in unity, which is one of the reasons that we celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. In verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. There's a lot going on right now in our society, in our lives, in our country. I'm reading more and more about division, especially within the body of Christ. And ultimately, whatever your politics are, whatever your thoughts are, whatever you think is happening or not happening. Us here at Faith for Life, we're not getting away from verse 26. If one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. And that's irregardless of we think that they're suffering justly or unjustly. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're suffering because of their own mistakes or because of mistakes of others or, or perceived mistakes. If one of us is suffering, we all suffer together. And in the same way, if one of us is honored, we all rejoice 
together because we need each other. There's beauty in the diversity of who we are. There's power in the unity of who we are. The Lord commands his blessing on the diversity of who we are when we come together, not as a group of hands, not as a group of feet, but as the body of Christ. The power, the blessing, the beauty, the unity is there. Verse 27 is where I'll close. It says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. (laughs) Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The distinction here is important. You are the body of Christ and individually you're you're a member of it. Meaning, yes, I make up a part of the body of Christ. Individually, I'm a member of it. But collectively, in unity of hands and feet and eyes and ears and heads, we are the body of Christ. And at Faith for Life, we are people that celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. Because God tells us to. Because Jesus died for it. Because in John chapter 17, he prays an entire chapter that we would be the body, that we would be unified. So that's who we are. That's our second core value. That's who God wants us to be. It's one of the reasons that Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for our sins. So if there's anybody that's with us, that needs to repent right now because you've only been interested in being connected to other hands. You're not, you, you, you didn't see the eye as being worthy. Like, like they, don't even, they don't even stand, they don't even sing along during worship. How could they really love Jesus? Or they, they drink wine. How could they love Jesus? They, they can't be really followers of Jesus because they do this because they, they're not passionate about this. This is something that I've learned recently that, that the passions that God gives you, the th- ways that he helps you to see, sometimes, sometimes that's a calling, that's a lane that he has for you. And you would be incorrect to then turn around and judge and condemn someone else for not having that same passion. What you need is them to have another row so that the two of you together can be more powerful. Who we are, we are people who celebrate everyone's God-given uniqueness. I'm going to pray a prayer. And as I pray, if you need to give your life to Christ or make a decision to come back to him, this is the time for you to do that. If you're connected with us, or maybe you're not connected with us, you're just in the body of Christ and you're watching or listening and you need to repent, this is the time to do it. There's no condemnation. God still loves you but he wants us to get this right. He wants us to see our differences and celebrate our differences. He is the one who made us unique. And he doesn't want us to ignore that. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512 512- Five two zero zero one eight five. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.